Good morning, Christchurch. Aren't you looking gorgeous this morning? What a great day. It's so good to have us all together, to have a mixture of people from, uh, from our 9.15 and our 11 o'clock services, and to be able to gather together for worship and then to review and look back at all that God has been doing. Isn't God good and faithful to us? I'm really excited for our APCM. I know they're supposed to be boring, but I'm excited because I, I can't wait for us to look back and notice all that God has done. And then we're going to look forward and, and into all that God is calling us to and into how we're going to partner with God in doing those things. So, um, so I'm going to be speaking to us this morning about mission, prayer, and partnering with the Good Shepherd. Um, because that's, that's our stuff at the moment, isn't it? That's the stuff that God is giving us at the moment. And I want to sort of draw together some of those threads as part of thinking about the APCM, as part of us as launching Cultivate this week, um, as a sort of roundup of our missional life course that we did. And there was a very last session that we didn't um, get to do. And so there's a little bit of that that I want to draw in. And just to share a little bit, really, of what I see God is doing in and around our church. So, um, so some of you will know that I am not very keen on animals. Um, I don't actually like any animals, um, but there are some that I really, really don't like. So yesterday I had to get the train uh, to Liverpool for... Um, diocesan synod and uh, and there was a dog on the train and it was awful uh, it was genuinely terrifying um but but i don't really like any animals i don't really like sheep they've got weird eyes so i had to try quite hard to find this picture of this like quite cute sheep it's quite it is quite a nice sheep isn't it um that's no relevance to the talk i just wanted to share with you about the cute sheep um, but Jesus talks quite a lot about animals and particularly about sheep, actually. Um, and this, this story is one of those times when Jesus is talking to people in a language that they will understand, in a way that they'll be able to relate to. If you were at Cultivate this week, you will have heard this story sort of turned a bit on its head. Um, and that actually happens in the last session of the Missional Life course as well, which made me think perhaps it was something that God wanted to speak to us about. You see, in this parable, Jesus talks about leaving the 99 to go and find the one. But that's not the situation that we find ourselves in church. We find ourselves in a situation where it's the one that's here. And for every one that's here, there's 99 out there, lost and in need of Jesus. And so it's really important that we take seriously what God has called us to. And I think that God has been calling us to um, prayer and to mission. And so I want us to think a little bit this morning about how are we going to engage ourselves in being a prayerful people, a people who are engaged every day in praying for our friends and our families and our workmates so that they will be found by Jesus. 
And how are we going to engage in mission in a way that allows them to be found by Jesus? How are we going to communicate the gospel to them in a way that lets it get in? Okay, and so um, the missional life course wording for this is living on the redemptive edge. And I really like that phrase, actually. It's a really brilliant phrase, isn't it? Because it expresses something about where we find Jesus. Jesus lives on the redemptive edge. We see that in this parable. Um, who is Jesus talking to in this parable? Because we sometimes we miss out that verse one and two bit about who Jesus is telling this story to and get to the nice story about the love of God going out to find the lost ones. But verse one and two says this, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus is on the redemptive edge. At the point when he's telling this story, he's hanging out with the people that nobody thinks he should be hanging out with. He's in the places where people are in desperate need. When we started on the Missional Life course, we talked about how God invites us into the mission that he is on. And, um, and when you've got one lost sheep, maybe you do uh, leave it, leave the 99 and go off to find it by yourself. But when you've got 99 lost sheep, you probably need some friends to help you. And I think that is where we are right now, that God is inviting us to help in the search for the lost 99. Not because God can't find 99 lost sheep on his own, but because we're invited into the mission of God. And to do that, we have to live where Jesus lives, at the redemptive edge, with the people who sat and ate with Jesus the sinners and the tax collectors, the people who are on the edges of society. The mission of God is almost certainly not happening in your comfort zone. Just take that in for a moment because we love to be comfortable. We love this story of Jesus going out to find the lost sheep because we love the idea that he's going to scoop us up and take us home and it's going to be warm and cosy and lovely. But the mission of God isn't happening in our comfort zone. The mission of God always happens outside the comfort zone. It always happens on the redemptive edge in the battle for people's hearts and souls. It happens where war is being waged between the forces of good and evil. And we know that Jesus has won the victory, but the battle still goes on, doesn't it? It's not a comfortable place. Partnering with God in mission means us going into those places. And so as much as I would love to stand up this morning and say to you, the exciting, wonderful place that God is calling us to is going to be fluffy and pink and wonderful. 
I actually think it's going to be messy and hard and also wonderful. I think it's going to be full of people who challenge us, um, of people who don't look like the people we think we would like to go and do mission with. I think God's going to call us to the edges. And I think we can only get there through prayer. I think the only way we're going to be brave enough to go to the places where Jesus goes is to spend time in his presence and fall in love with the people who he loves. Over and over again in the Gospels, we find Jesus in the messy places. Over and over again, we find him with the broken people. Part of our vision here at Christchurch is about being relevant. And that's about expressing the gospel in a way that people can understand. Sometimes it's really hard to communicate with people who are different to us. Sometimes it's really hard for us to get our um, reference points right. But I think God wants to give us some new reference points. Things that connect with the people who really he needs to connect with through us. And so the next thing I want us to think about is the keys to our culture. Because the next thing I notice in this story after who is Jesus talking to is that he tells a story in a way that engages with the culture. That's what parables are. And Jesus tells loads of parables, loads of stories that connect with people on multiple levels that invite them into the story in a way that they can understand. And it's for everybody. You see, Jesus is inviting the sinners and the tax collectors, but the Pharisees are hearing it too. We know that because it says that they're not happy with it. Jesus is offering all of us a story that we can be part of. Jesus was always telling stories to help people understand God's kingdom. But often being relevant is also about meeting people at their point of need. It's no good telling someone who's hungry about the love of God without giving them something to eat. And we know that hope is both practical and spiritual, that we've received this incredible hope from God, but our lives should be lived in a hopeful way in response to it. Jesus spoke about the kingdom in terms of farming and family because that's what the people who were listening could understand. What are the keys in our culture that would unlock people's understanding of the love of God? And where are the edges where God is calling us to tell those stories. I came across this quote the other day um, on Facebook. It's from Pete Gregg, who I love. Um, and it says this, it says, what if our greatest problem with God is not that he's too big and clever for us to comprehend, but that he's humbler, gentler, and closer than we ever imagined. I think that that's the problem that the Pharisees had, isn't it? That they wanted God to be bigger and more distant and, and harder to get to so that it was only the best who would get there. 
But that's not what God's like. He is humbler and gentler and closer. And I think sometimes we, as people who've made a bit of the journey, have to get over ourselves when we want people to reach a certain standard. And we have to accept that God isn't looking for that from them. That's what the story of the lost sheep tells us, that God draws close, that he comes out in search of us. And if you're a person who feels like God is distant, like he's big and incomprehensible and far away, then can I invite you to come and let us pray for you during the worship? Because you need to experience something of God's closeness. You need to encounter the God who loves you to be able to live out this love in the world. It's only when we receive that acceptance, that love, that sense of worth, that we're able to journey alongside the people who just don't have any of that yet and express it in ways they understand. The parable of the lost sheep tells us that God's motivation for mission is as simple as love. That he just loves us, that he just loves his creation and he wants to draw close to it. And we get to join in. We get to be the people who actually go to the places, who actually speak out the stories that help people to make those connections. And so today, as we do this stuff, as we look back and as we look forward, um, it's great for us to be able to say that God has been incredibly good to us. He has done incredible things in the history of Christ Church. He's done incredible things for us through the pandemic. In many ways, the pandemic has caused all kinds of growth and change in our community that, and given us loads of opportunities. And you guys have been brilliant at taking them. But we can't just stop there. So like I said yesterday, I was at Diocesan Synod, which is fairly boring, um, it's, but it's good, it's important stuff. Um, but Bishop Bev spoke to us about Zechariah and about the rebuilding of Jerusalem after the exile. And, and what she said was really important because she said, we can't build back the same. We can't just build back the same. Because the world has changed and we have to change with it. We have to be the church for where we are now, not where we were then, even though then was good. In Zechariah, God says, build back Jerusalem, but don't build back the walls. And Christchurch, you have been brilliant at breaking out of your walls. You have been brilliant at worshipping outside, at serving our community, at finding ways to speak into the culture over these past years. And we have to not build back the walls. Because that isn't where Jesus is calling us. I think Jesus is calling us on an incredible adventure of prayer and of mission. 
I think he's calling us to know him more deeply and then to call people into that relationship with him. To recognise his voice and then follow him in spacious places and edgy places. Knowing that he's there, knowing that he is the good shepherd who knows the way. So we heard a little bit this morning about our youth and children's work. And um, a little while ago, we went to um, a new wine leaders conference. And, And while I was there, God absolutely broke my heart for young people. Um, I can't even really remember what was said from the front that sort of triggered this absolute snotty mess that happened for the next hour. But I just had this incredible sense of um, asking God not to let us let them go. That it would be really easy for us to say, do you know what? Those young people, they... They're not interested anymore. Those young people, we we haven't got hold of them anymore and we'll have to start again. But I really had a sense that God doesn't want to let them go and that that it would be easy for us to do that. And then a few weeks later, I was at a church leaders meeting and we went, we were going around talking about some of the things that happen in the churches across Southport and I was heartbroken to find to find that loads of the churches don't have any children or young people. And the ones that do don't really have very many. And when we talk about that 1% in church, that's adults. It's less than that for young people. It's less than that for children. Guys, we absolutely cannot outsource this work to Hetty and Tabs and Emily absolutely have to take seriously the call to love young people, to love children, to make space for them, to speak in stories that they understand. We have to do something and we as the people who are doing the bit that we're doing at the moment need your prayers, we need resources, we need your help practically. We, you might feel that youth work is completely outside of your comfort zone and I would totally understand that. It, for me it isn't. I was a youth worker before I did this. Um, I, I love being around young people but I know for lots of people it is outside your comfort zone but The mission of God is outside your comfort zone. Whatever God calls you to, it's outside of what you can do on your own. And it should be. So please, please prayerfully consider, is this where God might be calling you to? Is this what God might be asking you to step out into an edgy place, a risky place for him? Because actually young people are really ready to receive Jesus at the moment. They actually don't have loads of um, preconceived ideas. They just don't really know anything about Jesus. And so we've got this um, incredible opportunity to talk to them and to introduce them to Jesus in a really positive way. So I think that's one thing that God's calling us to. I think the other thing that God's calling us to is to reshape our lives differently. 
because the dust is still settling really from the pandemic. We're still reshaping our lives around and our work and our plans um, as we get back to some sort of normality. And I think there's an invitation for us to do things better. We could rebuild what we had before and it would be so tempting to do that. But if we'll reshape our lives prayerfully, if we'll reshape our lives missionally, I think that God will do incredible things. As individuals and as church, we sort of have to let go of some of the things that we want to go back for. But, and they were good, but we've outgrown them. And we need to reimagine for this time what Jesus might be calling us to. So I suppose really what I want to say is let's, let's follow Jesus together. Let's not set up camp somewhere that's comfortably in the middle. But let's go to the edges. Let's go to the places where Jesus is and find the ones that he wants to find and invite them into this incredible adventure. Let's do that by taking seriously the call to, to be prayerful, to be people who are engaged in relationship with God, really deep relationship with God, because that's the only thing that will sustain this. Let's get to the times when we gather and seek God. Let's learn to recognise his voice. Let's ask him to speak more to us. And then let's take really seriously the call to mission. And if you don't feel equipped and ready, then that's exactly what cultivates for. That's exactly what we're shaping ourselves for now, is to be in a place where we're ready to take the risks that Jesus is calling us to take and to go to the edgy places that he's calling us to go to and to welcome the people who we're maybe not quite ready to deal with yet. I really want to invite you to, to throw it all in with this journey because I think that might be the only way to go on it actually. And I can see some of you smiling and nodding and I know that we're going to have an incredible adventure. Um, and I hope that as we look back today, we'll look back with a sense of thankfulness um, and excitement for where we're going next.